Do you want us to keep producing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there? If so, there's a way you can help. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating to help us pay for the cost of making it available. You can do so by using the PayPal link in the description of the podcast or on social media sites where we post it. Even a small donation would help. Thanks in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Well, I guess one time wasn't enough. VCU's got to learn the lesson again. Welcome to Rams Rewind, live here in the good and the bad and the ugly group on Facebook and out there in podcast land for those of you who are not uh, in the uh, in the Facebook group. If you like what you hear, and I know it will be tough on a night like tonight, and you want to help us out, shoot us some dinero. There is a link in the, to the PayPal in the description on all your podcast platforms. You gave us such great support last year, and we appreciate all the support you've given us this year. And you know what hadn't happened since opening night? We hadn't had a game where we took way more threes than twos since opening night. Opening night, we took about two-thirds of our field goal attempts were threes. Well, I'll tell you what. We tried that again tonight almost, and it didn't work tonight either. VCU, 47 field goals, 28 threes. They were 8 of 28. That is 28.6%. And in a game where VCU was in the bone, was was had six fouls on Norfolk State 14 minutes into the game, and it had eight fouls on Norfolk State, excuse me, 14 minutes left in the game, and they had eight fouls on Norfolk State with 11 minutes left in the game. They only end up with the 22 free throws. They missed four of them in the second half, but 18 and 22, most nights you're going to take that. Norfolk State, who wins this game, they take 54 field goals and they only take 16 threes and they only took six in the second half and shot 50%. Which team wins the game? That team wins the game. One of the things I always love to say, and I even tweeted it to Coach Jones uh, on Twitter because I've had some nice back and forth with him on Twitter. He's one of my favorites, Robert Jones, the Norfolk State coach. Make the good play, not the great play, because often the good play will end up being a great play. Norfolk State did that enough times tonight, and they took what everybody else has done and used it and used it against us. Well, let me let me address both of these things. Michael Hoffer says not a lesson we aren't a good team. I disagree with that. I do disagree with that. I think we are a good team. I think we showed that in Orlando. Honestly, uh, I think we showed that in Orlando. You don't you don't get up ten points on Iowa State with six minutes left if you're not a good team. You don't score eighty six against Penn State, even if Penn State's defense defense is terrible this year, unless you're a good team. Eric Slater says embarrassing it is. You just wanted it more, which is true. We were out hustling the entire game. That's also true. We should never, ever lose a home game to the likes of Norfolk State. The likes of Norfolk State is the only part of that statement I don't like because I'm telling you right now, Norfolk State, just like McNeese State, they're going to be right 
right in the thick of it in their conference to win. Norfolk State's a good basketball team. Yes, I know they're quad four and all that metric crap. That's fine. Robert Jones has been coaching there 11 years, and they win consistently under him. And they're tough. They're a tough team. Every one of his teams is a tough team, and nearly every one of his teams plays defense. So I'm not having people doing down Norfolk State. Yes, it's a quad four loss, and it hurts, and the metrics are bad, and it's not good to lose to a quad four team at home. But let's let's give a little respect to the opponent because it looked like VCU was already thinking about Memphis and not focused on what they were doing tonight. It looked to me, and, and, and what really kills me is that first half was abysmal, and yet VCU's down three because VCU played some pretty good defense. The other team was 10 of, 10 of uh, 28 in the first half. So this is, you know, they're in the game and they haven't played well, and one of the things Odom has done fairly well in some, in, in some games is win the battle of halftime and win the battle of adjustments. Well, it didn't happen tonight. And it wasn't even necessarily that they made the wrong adjustments. They just had no energy to start the half. And that's what I can't understand. You're not playing well, but you're only down three. You've, you've, you've gotten away with not playing well. So it's like, okay, we got to turn up. We got to turn up and turn up the heat against these guys. They turned up the heat defensively. And VCU didn't respond. And yes, that, that part's embarrassing, Josh Borum. That part's in embarrassing. Mitch McGuire, yes and no. He says losses don't matter until the A-10 tourney. Yes and no. Because they've got to play better because they've got to play better than this and they've got to be more consistent. And when you lose the three of your last four, as Bruce Stevenson points out, and they were all winnable, that stuff does matter because that stuff can get in your head. And here's where I get frustrated. Zeb had to warm up to get to four for 12 from the field. Shulga's four for 16. So that is well over half your shots from the field, and they're eight of 28. They're eight of 28. And that is, and I'm sorry, Matt Shulga should not have played 37 minutes tonight. I wanted to see just about anybody else at this point. I really did. Max was getting killed, but not just him. I'm not going to – I, I, I want to be careful here. I'm not just dumping on him. He's getting killed defensively, and he wasn't just him. Nelson got that work. Zeb got that work. They would screen, go around the screen, get in the lane. It was awful. But when Shulga's not hitting and he's getting beat on the defensive end like that, he should sit, and he should have sat a lot more tonight. Because quite honestly, quite honestly, you can't afford such poor defense from him when it's like that. You just can't afford it. It you, it, it, it was brutal tonight. And honestly, what's gonna one of the things that kills me, one of the things that really killed this team in this game, Phillips hits that three in the first half, and you're thinking, oh man, he's gonna warm up. He gets two fouls and sits the rest of the half. And he didn't play that much in the second half. I would have liked to have seen him out there more. I would have liked to have seen him out there more. But goodness gracious, the lack, the lack of a the lack of energy from VCU and the energy Norfolk State put in. 
And I and I'll tell you, it's tough. Norfolk State could hardly hit a jumper all night, if you notice. I mean, that's that's the thing. They're two for sixteen, and, and the one three they made in the second half is that dagger at the buzzer when VCU played a great defensive performance. And if you want to know why I enjoy the ESPN Plus so much, it's because Ed Nixon is so good. Is is so good at analyzing because I didn't see the mistake Christian Furman made at the end there. And when he shows the replay, it's like, oh, my God. He did step back instead of getting up to contest. And he doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't. And, of course, he doesn't want to – you don't want him to overdo it and get a foul there because that would have been terrible too. Uh, uh, but, golly, you don't want him to step, step back. And that's right. Uh, Todd? That's that's it. That's that's a lot of it. it. You know, he's sick and tired of seeing us not being able to handle his own dribble penetration or throwing it into the throwing it into the big guy. And again, we had another night of this. Another night of this of bounce passes to Furman and the wall. They're t- stop. Throw it up to them. You talk about busting a zone. You talk about busting a zone, that's exactly how you do it. And yes, Doug Hines, we got outcoached. We got outcoached. I saw the Wheeler comment. I again I'm I'm at a loss. I don't know what's going on with Wheeler. He's got very little confidence right now. And the thing is, he has got to get in there and do something because we are gonna face some tall, big front lines in this in this conference, and we're gonna need him down there because it's gonna be very hard. It's going to be very hard to do it with just Furman and Lawal and Kawani. Uh, so, well, Darren Grimes, it's it, it's not, <coughs> it's easy in the sense that the diagnoses are there, but you have to execute it. But you got to be thinking, you got to be thinking to yourself. The other thing too is not just pass and cut. You got to move without the basketball. There was. So much standing around tonight, it was driving me bonkers. And I don't get that because I've never seen that from a Ryan Odom team. So what is going on that we watch guys stand around, Shoga, Nelson, a couple other guys, they get in the corner, they get in trouble, and people are just standing there. Like, move! Get over there and help! Get over there and make yourself available! Get over there and give him an option! Not happening tonight. Wasn't happening at all. Uh, Daniel Carter, VCU took 28 of those three-pointers tonight. 28 out of 47. Not quite two-thirds, but close enough. Close enough. Well, Mitch McGuire, Nelson gave gave us a little bit of a jolt tonight. And honestly, even though Zeb made those late shots... I would have had Zeb and Shoga sitting down a lot more together. I don't know how that would have looked, and I don't know what what everybody. It might have been a disaster, but honestly, I would have I would have rather watched I would have rather watched Billups and Nelson out there for parts of this game than Zeb and Shoga. It was not good. It was not good from either of them tonight. Again, Zeb made that three at the end of the half which was a huge three because he was awful in the first half until then. And then he made those couple of threes, which was great. 
except then he follows it with a heat check three that he shouldn't take. And you sit there and you're just thinking to yourself, golly Moses. Oh, play the wall more too. You're not going to get any argument from me there. And again, the whole idea of a zone buster, it's got to be a big guy, Furman or LaWall, that you throw it in bounce, you throw it into the paint area. They're going to be too big or too athletic for most of the people they play. But the key is both of them, LaWall and Furman, don't bring the ball below your shoulders. Because unfortunately, and Wheeler did it too, Furman and LaWall do that way too much. They do that way too much, and it drives me bonkers when they do. It drives me bonkers when they do. Eric, well, that's the thing. If if, if Shoga and, and Jackson are playing like this in another game, then I really want to see Bell, I, I really want to see a lineup with Nelson and Billups out there and Bell too. Because again, Bell. Bell, as a point forward, is actually kind of decent. I kind of like Bell as a point forward uh, a little bit. And and see how that looks. <coughs> I'd rather see that than watch J- Jackson and, and Shulga chuck shots up and, and, and miss most of them. I mean, again, Zeb. Drive the basket. I know he made the t- three threes tonight, but Zeb... You are so deadly driving to the basket. When you got that kind of space, every now and then you need to take a three, but most of the time you have got to get it there. You've got to you have got to go to the rim. Uh Darren Grimes says, watch the replay of the last play. Fats was wide open, calling for it on the other side of the court, but clearly the play was called for Shulga. Well, that's a tough one for me because I'd wait to hear what Ryan Odom says about that. You really have to you have to have an option. You have to give them an option where they can go either place. But the thing that's that one of the many things that's going to bother me about tonight is the fact that they had a chance to have a parade to the foul line and they didn't take advantage of it enough. Yes, and, and yes, we'll talk about that too. Can we start talking about the turnovers? Yes, we can. Because when your team has 17 and the other team has seven, it's hard to win. And and they and I was listening to the to the pregame show with Adam Epstein as I was driving home from work, and he was talking about the fact that they're averaging that they're averaging in turnover margin. I think, well, actually, no, it wasn't even that. It was the Ram Nation podcast I was listening to, and they were talking about that. They're averaging four more turnovers per game than the other team. I guarantee you, when we get to VCU by the numbers, that's a stat that's going to be in there because we're going to be near the bottom in the country in that. And how many? And these turnovers were just—I mean—they're trying two difficult passes. If I see Zeb Jackson drive into a blind alley on the baseline and then try one of these wraparound passes one more time, I'm going to spew up. The degree of difficulty on those is a is a nine point five out of ten. Shulga did it a couple times too. But again, there are a lot of offenders in the turnover category tonight. Jackson, four. Bell, three. Lawal, three. Phillips, two. Shulga, two. Not good. Not good. And again, 
It was one thing when we were getting 17 turnovers and making the other team turn it over 22 times. We don't turn anybody over. Norfolk State had one in the first half, which contributed to them having way more shots than VCU, which is why they had to lead. But honestly, don't make the great play. Don't try for the miracle pass. Perfect example. What was it? I said it in the first half in the game thread. Zeb Jackson tries this very difficult bounce pass through two guys. He's got Shulga outside. Easy pass. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe Shulga misses the three the way he was shooting tonight. But that was a much better de- that was a much better decision than trying that. And it was just it was just brutal. It was just brutal. Yeah, it was it was yeah, Kawani Kawani. That's another one. He needs to see the ball go in. That first shot, the only shot he took was that three. And doggone it, if that had went in, he might have had a much better night. I don't get starting him and only playing him seven minutes. I mean, they kind of went small, so I think that's part of it. But it's not as if he's some clunky power forward. He's got decent lateral lateral movement. I would have liked to have seen more of him defensively if for no other reason than we needed another eraser back there because because they were getting in the paint and doing whatever the hell they want. I mean, look, they win paint points 40 to 18. What does that sound like? That sounds like the freaking Iowa State game. VCU had how many blocks tonight? They had six. So it could have even been worse than that. They had six blocks tonight. Uh, and I don't get it either, Darren Grimes, because he's coming off the torn labrum. And I thought in I thought on the uh, in in the black and gold game. I mean, in the in the exhibition game, and again, it was an exhibition game. He looked physically okay, but maybe that's bothering him. I don't know. No, he hasn't, Josh. He's over, and that's why that first that first shot he took tonight was such a kick in the kick in the teeth because it looked so good. It was a good play. It was a good pass, and I thought it was going in, and instead it goes in and out. And it's like, you know, that's a killer form. But let's get back to this shot distribution because this is what gets me. 8 of 26, the rest of the team is 9 of 21. Bell only gets three shots. Some of that's his fault because he's too unselfish. Furman only gets three shots. He makes them all. Nelson only gets five shots. He gets to the foul line, so that's some of that. He gets, but he, you know, he only gets five shots. Most of his shots look good. Yes, Bearstow's going to help a lot because Bearstow, Bearstow, as as other people have pointed out, great three pointer, great three point guy, but he can drive and jam it. And anybody that's watched his video knows that's going to be a hard situation for any defender. Like you're going to give you're going to give Zeb the three most nights because you figure he ain't going to make it. Shulga, yes, he can hurt you at both ends, but Shulga struggles at times finishing at the rim too. So you'd rather him, you'd rather make him take a contested. You, you, as long as you contest him, you're going to feel all right. Bearstow has no problem with either of those. Uh, oh well, the funny thing is, Bruce Stevenson, the assists in terms of shots made is a, the percentage is where I want it. 
They made 17 field goals. They got 12 assists on 17 made field goals. That part is good. The problem is it's just too low. And again, 12 assists on 17 made field goals is great until you see 17 turnovers. And then you're like, eh, oh, well, that's not too good. That's not too good at all. That kind of mit- it kind of mitigates that. <laughs> Norfolk State had nine steals tonight. Gracious sakes. Nine steals. BCU had zip. Um, I will address that in a minute about Bearstow. I will address him in a, in a, in a minute about that because I've, I've had thoughts on that. I've had that discussion with other people. That was a big topic of, of conversation down there. But I want to just say this. Mitch McGuire, you're absolutely right. This team isn't good enough to just show up. That's the other thing they, I hope they learn tonight. You got to have more respect for your opponent than that because they looked like they were looking ahead. And when Norfolk State turned up their air energy, VCU did not respond. Not until the late part of the game, by which in that time it was just about too late. You know, they got down 12, or was it 54-42? I think was their was the big lead. Yeah, 54-42 with four minutes left. And they had to go. They had to go. They they got they finally got that one and one miss. And you know what? I gotta say, Coach Jones showed he had confidence in his defense, and maybe he looked at that three-point percentage and said, I'll hell with it. I'll let him shoot it. If it was me, I'd have fouled. But you know, VCU's got 11 offensive rebounds tonight. Maybe that wasn't the right play. So I got to tip my hat to Coach Jones on that, and we'll certainly <coughs> tweet him or post him later and, and do that. Well, Bruce Stevenson, the shot's questionable because it was contested and because Shulga wasn't hitting him. My question on that last play is, does the, does the guy who's carrying the ball at the floor, whether it's Zeb or Nelson, whoever it was, because I forgot at this point, do they have an option? Do they have an option to say you got – because, again, at that point you should have on the floor three or even four three-point shooters. Billups was on the floor, and I think Nelson was on the floor too. Okay, it was Zeb. Does Zeb have an option to go to Billups or to Nelson, or does that have to go to Shulga? That's That would be the question I would ask on that because – that would dictate my response to how that was run. Um, it wasn't. It it, it 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 wasn't a great shot. It was better than Zeb's shot against Boise. I'll tell you that much. Um, well, and that's also true. Mike Urbanski, Zeb had a Zeb had a tough one tonight. To me, you got to go. And again, that's I agree with you, Bruce. I'd have gone to Nelson or Billups because Billups has only taken three threes tonight. First one was pure, so pure the net didn't move. The second one was in and out, and should you know that could have gone in. And I think the third one was like the only one <clears throat> that wasn't anywhere close to going in, and that was in his spot. But that's where I would that's where I would question the coach. But I would also just question the coach and the fact that yet again you've gotten absolutely abused in the paint, and you know that's a problem. Uh, and uh, you know what, Darren, you're, you're going to make me go back on ESPN Plus and look at this again, just to see if you're just to see how open Fats was, because I, I, I I'm going to have to look at that now for myself and see, because yeah, that that might make me ill if I see it. 
But honestly, you have you've got to figure out a way to adjust, and you have to have the courage, even without Fairstow on the floor and no Bamasil and this and that. You got to have the courage to sit down, sit down the defensive players who are not playing well. And Shulga was not playing well on defense tonight, and he wasn't the only one. But he should have sat more than he did. And you got to have the courage to do that, and you got to hope that, and you got to think or hope that he can understand that hey, you know, maybe I needed to sit more tonight. Oh. Golly, these epitome of brutality losses stink, and I just can't believe we're sitting here. And the conference has done so well, and now we've got two of them at home. And McNeese States would have been a great win if we'd have got it. This would have been just avoiding a landmine. Unfortunately, we didn't. So, Memphis is next. Midweek, 7 p.m. 7 p.m., Lord willing, and the job works out like it did tonight, and I admit that I kind of hinted that I'd like to get here, get off a little early tonight, and they obliged. So let's see if I can get lucky like that on Wednesday. Got to turn up against Memphis and play great. That's the only way to respond to something like this is, is, is to come out against Memphis and give us an effort that we can be proud of either way, win or lose. And, and play with the kind of ferocity and energy that we expect. Because honestly, that's the part about this that's so frustrating. Norfolk State played the way VCU has been playing the last 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years. And beat us as a result. And that's the thing that kills us. That is the thing that kills us. Is that Norfolk State played exactly how we'd want to play. And they won. So give us that effort. Give us that kind of effort against Memphis. And if we lose, we lose. That stinks. And thank you, Bruce, for the little A-10 brethren. Jordan Washington got whooped at South Carolina. They were down 10 at the half, I saw. And thank you, Chris MJ, for that update on uh, uh, Vince Williams. Apparently, Vince Williams is doing well for Memphis tonight, which is good. God bless him. So VCU is going to have to show some heart and some guts Wednesday against Memphis. And at this point, it's not even worth talking about their position with the NCAAs because that's down the line. They just need to play better. Because they played – because look, they lost two out of three in Orlando, but they actually played well in that tournament. They didn't get the reward for effort – because of things we've talked about, and I'm not going to go over those. I'm not going to sit here and say this is a bad team, not when I saw up close what I saw from them, because it, it, it only is a play here and a play there, and that whole tournament could have gone a lot differently and a lot better. But this tonight is unacceptable, not because they lost, not because of the opponent, but because of the effort out there. Because of the fact that once again, a team got into the paint at will and dominated them, even though they're the bigger team. Because the other team had the defensive intensity and they didn't. That's the thing that I can't stand. That's the thing I think most of the fans can't stand. Because that's what we've become accustomed to, is that VCU is going to be tough, mean, nasty, and more ferocious than most other teams. And that... 
If they lose, it's not going to be because they didn't lay it all on the line out there. And unfortunately, that's what happened tonight. And yes, there were little mistakes, like what Ed Nixon talked about with Furman and that dagger three-pointer at the at the shot clock buzzer and some of the other things we talked about. But honestly, you can't be out-hustled, as Doug Hines said, and out-toughed by, by anybody, especially Norfolk State, but by anybody, period. And, and those guys have got to look in the mirror and realize that they did not represent the jersey the way that they did the last three games in Orlando and then the way they have in some other games this year. Because, look, they've struggled in other games this year, but the effort's been there. And that's the thing. If, you, if the effort's been there, if the effort's there, the losses are going to stink when they come. But I can at least sit here and say, well, that's, you know, nobody dogged it, nobody loafed it, nobody half-assed it or anything like that. Norfolk State was tougher than them and more intense, and that's what's so hard to take about this defeat for me. Uh, no, and, and that's true too, Chris MJ. It's the first year of a new coach, and and they, and it is a process to build a program. But when you put on the black and gold uniform, there has to be certain things that are non-negotiable. And one of those things that's non-negotiable is we're all, we're always going to play with intensity on defense. And I know, and some of it may even be the short rotation, but then that's something that. Ryan Odom's got to manage, and I thought he managed it well uh, down in down in Orlando, by and large. But you can't you can't let some team come in there and beat you playing the way we used to play. You can't. It's not acceptable, and everybody knows it. And that's why this this loss, way more than even McNeese State, is going to stick in my crawl because the McNeese State thing. Was 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 a really good team coming in there, and VCU going insane from the three point line, taking way too many threes. This is similar because we took way too many threes tonight. But the difference is Norfolk State was the tougher team. Norfolk State was the more intense team. Norfolk State was the better defensive team, and that's why. And that's mm-mm. no, I can't, don't want to see that again this year. Or, or it's going to be time to, for some real heavy criticism for this coaching staff and these players when that happens. So that's it. I want to thank everybody for your excellent comments in the game thread and in the video here on the, in the Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. Also, if you're not a member of the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, join us. Game threads that are that are that can be wild and woolly, but also are a lot of fun. Tales from the non-conference and A10 brethren. We're keeping up with our not. We keep up with our non-conference opponents and how our A10 play. Our, how our A10 brothers are doing in non-conference playing. At least until tonight, it's been a pretty good non-conference play for for the A10 this week. That's a killer for us losing tonight. And then you know we're not that far away, but we're probably another week, week and a half away from VCU by the numbers, where we will take a look. And what VCU is doing in Ken Palm net in certain key statistical categories. One of them is going to be turnover margin. You can you can almost guarantee that. Maybe turnover average too because I'm guessing we might be pretty low in that one as well. And sort of just try to look at it from that perspective as well. Also, 
We do have some special pods coming, one of which I've uh, recorded when I recorded while I was in Orlando at the ESPN Events Inventational. That's not too far away as well. And I have plans for others. We'll see if those plans come to fruition. Thank you all for listening. Sorry that we couldn't get a better result than that. Catch you all in podcast land. Uh, hopefully Thursday and hopefully Wednesday night live in the BCU Good and the Badly Ugly group for this game. Uh, have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.